You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Well met, fellow adventurers. Back to reading the law book. I'm now all the way down to the letter I. I've still got a long way to go. And the next entry is Iceworm. Iceworm. These large, silver-scaled serpents exist in only the coldest, most remote regions. Reaching lengths of nearly 50 feet, iceworms are capable of killing and devouring extremely large prey. The powerful, fang-filled jaws of these giant serpents inflict a fearsome, venomous bite that can freeze even large creatures. Iceworms are said to be as cold as the wintry domains they inhabit. Iguanaut, a legendary warrior and spellcaster whose time was before the age of Alduin. Ooh, ooh, don't get that much mention of before then. Idnot and his small band of followers was largely responsible for widging the world of the savage monsters left over from the dark, lameless epochs that comprised the early history of the world of Swift. Iguanot is said to have worn a massive, red, tear-shaped gemstone on a chain around his neck that gave him extraordinary abilities. This legendary duel jewel has become known as Iguanot's Tear. It is not known from where Iguanot and his followers came from, but it is suspected they belong to a race of men that predated both the Aldevari and the Vorentian from time to time. Ruins and other artifacts discovered that bear the marks of humans, but are neither Aldevari nor Vorentian leaving many to believe that an ancient race of men, now lost to the ages, once works the world of Swift. Ignorot and the last of his followers are said to have been slain in a cataclysmic battle with the demon known to history as Tharwok. When Tharwok took Ignorot's tear, tear from the slain champion, it is said the jewel exploded into countless fragments, killing the demon instantly. 
the shards of Igronot's tear are rumoured to have spread to every corner of the known world, and it is believed they still retain their mythical potency. The sizes and effects of the countless shards vary greatly, and there are endless tales of the strange and powerful magic they possess. You might happen upon a shard yourself in the adventures, and you, you can. When you find a gem while exploring the worlds at random, which gives XP, apparently it's one of those shards. Ichthion, the big bad. Ichthion is the name of a powerful demon lord from the Neville realm of Oxus. Swift's second great age was named after the demon lord, the Age of Ichthion, for it was marked by Ichthion's attempt to invade and conquer the world. Ichthion is said to have been one of seven great demon lords that inhabit the Neville realm of Oxus. Oxus, okay, but who are the other six? I guess they're probably... Close to as powerful, because otherwise Ichthion would conquer them. Hmm. Yes. Yes, yes, we've got, we got a lot of stuff to worry about if we ever go into Oxus, that's for sure. Ildria. For the better part of two centuries, the great dust dragon Ildria remained an unpleasant fixture in a secluded vet lair deep in the copper woods of northern Feindau. Idrija, who is said to possess powerful magical abilities, in addition to her fearsome fiery breath, held great sway over a vast army of the enemies of man, goblins, trolls and ogres, and sought to use this formidable force to expand her grim domain. However, as the kingdom of Tulsa grew in power and the realm of man pressed upon her borders, the great dragon suddenly and quite inexplicably withdrew into seclusion in a forest lair and her minions receded into the shadows. Nearly a century ago, Ildrida disappeared from her ancient abode and it was believed that she had departed the kingdom forever. But it turns out she hadn't, and she's around, being a massive multiplayer combat thingy. Being really tough, and the only reason she's not, you know, burning down half the kingdom, is that every time she makes an appearance, several of the greatest heroes of the age bonk her on the head. Repeatedly, until she runs away again. Ilok the Brave. Ilok the Brave has become a welcome blight in and around Graldock over recent years. A master warrior barely 30 years of age, Ilok's skill with a blade and head for battle are matched only by his cruel nature and unabashed egotism. Ilok earned his fame and fortune by leading a band of mercenaries that defeated several groups of marauding bandits around Graldock. Such escapades endeared him to many within the city, including Fane Maradol. However, in subsequent years, he has largely fallen out of favour due to his extremely uncouth manner 
and suspected association with several unsavoury characters. In recent months, Illock's actions have only served to strengthen his fearsome reputation, though it can't be proven it is suspected that he had his hand in several brutal slayings in and around Groudock. While the city contends with other matters, most are content to, to attempt to stay out of Illnock's way while he wages his small but brutal campaign of terror. Imp. Imps are small, winged, humanoid creatures of never origin who can occasionally be found on Swift. Normally the employer of a powerful and less than upstanding mage. They are quick, crafty, devious and murderous. Imps are loyal to a fault with their masters and thus often misused to tackle dangerous and unappealing tasks. Many imps possess magical powers. Treachery and deceit are imps' two most powerful weapons. Imps come in a variety of colours, with certain hues signifying a more powerful variety of the species. Iguamrad. Iguamrad, a diphatic, diphatic figure worshipped throughout the earlier ages. It was long believed that Iguamrad, also known as Iguamrad the Just, was a principal avatar of Srithak. The worship of Ilmorad has faded in the current age, is now seen by many as blasphemous. Some believe Ilmorad was merely a very powerful mage, whose legendary status grew out of his propensity to use his magic to help those in need. The scrolls in Ilmorad, dragon hide scrolls in dragon bone cases, which were long ago written written by Ilmorad himself, are said to bestow grand, permanent effects on anyone fortunate to acquire and weed one. So those are things you can get in special packages. Insidious Command. Insidious Command is, is, often con- is an often contentious notion that certain powerful mages throughout the known world who most notably across the North Broadlands have long been secretly confederated into a sinister, undetectable societal entity that employs powerful magic to manipulate and control vast sectors of populations at large. Those who profess that insidious command exists don't generally believe that prolific spellcasting orders, like the Grey Circle, are institutionally involved in a nefarious palkin, and do, however, recognise that, that some individual mages within such orders are likely to be lured adherents to the shadowy, arcane doctrine of control. There are many who believe that insidious command is little more than a myth espoused by those who seek to use the fear the sinister notion instills in people as a means to obtain or maintain control of various elements of society. Thane Poland of Twithick has long been of the belief that insidious command is real and represents a growing threat to the realm of man.
and the game doesn't really confirm it either way. Igorath the Axeman, this legendary warrior from Lerdon, is said to have held back an entire band of Haldrigian mercenaries while fighting weaponless. Despite his unarmed combat prowess, the broad shoulders and generally good natured warrior is much more deadly when employing his trusted double bladed axe. Ugh, and he was deadly enough without it. Igomawak remembered for his vile cruelty and for the vast goblin kingdom which once stretched across nearly all the North Broadlands, the fearsome Igomawak is said to have been laid to rest in a hidden tomb known known as the Hall Hidden Tomb a crypt known as the Hall of Ruin. It's believed that powerful goblin magic preserved Ugumawak and many of his most vicious minions in the hopes that one day he will return and reclaim his sundered empire of goblindom. Igamorok is said to have been mighty enough to foul giants with a single sweep of his bladed mace. Oh, and he is pretty mighty. Imorik. Imorik, the, flame, the famed Philippines undead hunter, knows Imorik, disappeared nearly three centuries ago while investing, investigating the possible sighting of Vaughan Full along the western Nadorian border. As legend has it, Imorik is said to have been slain by the Vaughan Full and subsequently raised from the dead forever doomed to serve the vile creature responsible for ending his natural life. Several items belonging to Imorik were recovered from the site of a gruesome battle through the body of the missing undead hunter was never found. Ooh, spooky. Iwagal. These massive, savage, fur-covered bipeds Larger than the largest of forest trolls, inhabit the up icy upper reaches of the Orspun Mountains, where they carve out a grim existence, slaying and devouring anything unlucky or foolish enough to cross their path. In recent years, Ilgoral sightings have dwindled, leading to many to believe the fearsome creatures, long the bane of travellers braving the high mountain passes, are beginning to die out with a little help from yours truly. Most of the recent sightings of Irogal have taken place on the steep slopes of towering Mount Kowagarn, one of the highest peaks in the entire Orspen range. The broad, muscular, imposing frame of Irogal is covered by a thick coat of white and grey fur, Long arms and legs allow the creature to move through deep snow with relative ease and their large clawed hands are capable of bringing down most prey with a single blow. Due to their durability, warmth and rarity, Ugorohai is prized by those seeking to craft armour or attire out of them. If you should happen upon Ugorohai during your adventures, 
you might want to take a moment and reconsider the sort of places in which you're adventuring. Iron Bone Skeleton The origin of these iron-boned undead is unknown, though it is likely they hail from some infernal neverwell. realm. Iron Fang Mountain Iron Fang is the name given to a towering mountain on the western border of Tysa. The mountain is part is part of the Thurundian range and was given its name because of the tall spike of stone and ice that extends into the sky over a hundred feet from its summit. Iron Fang is in, infamous as the mountain where the wine beast woamed. Until I dealt with that. Well, actually been dealt with before I came there, but the lair of this dreaded creature is in a cave at the summit. Iron Fist. A giant of unknown origin, Iron Fist remains one of the more dangerous enemies of the Valorians of Kalorfanar. Standing nearly 14 feet tall, the massive humanoid has a left fist constructed entirely out of iron, a weapon he employs to devastating effect. The blue-skinned giant has long, flowing silver hair, which is normally tied back, and his head is often capped with a massive iron helmet. Apart from his fist, he has been known to wield a weighty stone hammer. Iron Fist is known to wield as powerful magic that allows him to animate stone constructs to do his bidding, and we saw that. At various times, he has waged large-scale assaults against the Fenorians, with an entire legion of these stones creatures. His last encounter with the Fenorians ended with his forced retreat into the stony hills west of Shadow Edge. Many Fenorians remained hopeful that this was the last they would ever see of the fearsome iron-fisted giant. Ironshore Hollows This region, on the western edge of Lake Anorian, is home to three broad hollows from which it derived its name. Each, each of these hollows is home to a small village and each is inhabited primarily by fishermen who make their living on the frigid walkers of Lake Ironwain. Alright, item requirements. Oh, no entry there. Okay. Ithrogar. Ithrogar was one of three evil warrior brothers. Those days of pillage and plunder came to an end by the blade of the legendary hero Mazak. Upon their deaths, the wicked followers of the three brothers are said to have hidden their bodies in secret tombs that were guarded by powerful magic. And we found it, and we dealt with him. Indeed we did. Jade Fang Ant. These giant Dog-sized ants get their name from the pair of bright green pincers that adorn their jet black heads. Jade Fang ants are territorial and aggressive and will usually attack anything within sight. Jade Fang Guardian ant. Oop, no entry there. 
Jade Fang Hunter Ant, no entry there. Jade Fang Queen Ant, no entry there. Oh, ooh. Well, well that, that's a bit disappointing. Three, three, three entries that aren't there in a row. Hmm. Yeah, well, it's, pro it's probably not much to them you wouldn't get from just Jade Fang Ant. So, all right, Jarek Stones. Created by a legendary mage known as Jarek. These ancient magical stones have the ability to teleport a person great distances when used in conjunction with a Jarek's obelisk at the onset of the Age of Outwan, when the Aldevari civilization was rapidly spreading across Swift. The mage Jareks created a network of powerful magic, or magic obelisks that were placed at various points throughout the world. He channeled his own powers of teleportation into these giant obelisks. Giant obelisks and made them accessible to others by way of an enchanted stone, which came to be known as a Jarek stone. By touching a wound on a Jarek stone with your right hand, and the corresponding wound on a Jarek's Jarek's obelisk with your right, it is said that you can teleport between Jarek obelisks for saying many days, weeks, or months of travel. When the magic of the ancient Ardvari began to decline, the end of the age of Aldoran. Many of their magical creations, including the Jarek stones, drifted into legend. This Jarek obelisk can still be found standing in certain remote places on Swift. Usually they are found half buried in remote corners of ancient woods, or poking above the surface of swamps. Some obelisks are less obscure, however. Legends say that the Jarek stones were not completely without whisks. There are ancient tales abound of travellers who used one, vanished, and were never heard from again. Yep, that's a potential plot plot device he could use. I mean, maybe he could put one of, some of those Jarek obelisks in the fabled north. Because then they'd actually be useful. Because teleporting to a different continent, that could save time. Yes. And then, of course, usually it works. But maybe if certain triggers are met, something goes wrong. And, well, you could set up anything you want, then. You could end up anywhere. Or any when, even. Mm. Alright. Justice Garn, the half-brother of Horny Jack, is a powerful and fearsome specimen of mountain giant. Hailing from the thick of the Ferundian range. The foul-tempered Justice Garn is known to maintain a small army of goblins, which he sends against any who opposes will. Justice Garn is half-brother of another infamous mountain giant, Harley Jack, and it is known that, Ju that Justice Garn both despises and fears Harley Jack. Oh, right. 
Alright. Jast the Mighty. Jast is a mighty warrior of legendary status who spent his life attempting to defeat the forces of Julof the Necromancer, a powerful mage who wielded dark and terrible spellcraft. Jast's weapon was a massive warhammer, much too heavy for all save the strongest humans. It is said that none but Jast ever succeeded in, re- in lifting the mighty device. Jast met his fate at the Battle of Dread Tower, where he is said to have take, said to have taken on much of the undead army of Dolorith single-handedly. Much of Jast's life and deeds has, has given way to exaggeration over the hundreds of years since his death, but and there has never been any account of what became of his mighty warhammer. Jalfroth. The three-headed demon lord Jalfroth is said to be a direct servant of Igfion. It's believed that this towering monstrosity dwells somewhere within the vast, nightmarish, neverall realm of Oxus. Alright. Jirig Alfroth, the troll hunter. Yes, there's a lot to him. One of the more infamous characters prowling the wilds and alehouses of the North Borklands is a man by the name of Jirig, better known to most by his near-legendary moniker, the Troll Hunter. Once the feared leader of the Black Art, Jirig has long since given up any direct ties he had with the outfit and with the Night Whisperers in exchange for the life of a freelance monster hunter. Jirig's speciality, and that of the men who find themselves in his employ, is the hunting down and slaying of trolls. He has invented a special weapon that helps him in this effort, and calls it the Troll Bond. Jirig's status, and the tales of his various exploits, have become nearly legendary throughout the realms, though he is still viewed by many as an untrustworthy outlaw sort. A common part of his legend is that he has never been bested in combat, and that he fears no living man. Whether or not this is true, he is almost certainly amongst the most skilled warriors of the age. And he is. And he is. Juin Knoll. For four centuries, until his defeat at the hands of a band of brave adventurers, the great Gust Dragon Durinol, known as the Iron Dragon, held dominion over all the region now known as Thane Vale. It is believed that Durinol possessed the ability to assume a solid iron form at will, a tactic he used to thwart his most powerful enemies. With a vast army of goblins, ogres, trolls at his command, the fearsome dragon sought to conquer all the North Broadlands and rid it of the scourge of humanity. Before his plans of conquest could come to fruition, however, he was slain in his lair by a band of bold adventurers. Before scattering into the shadowy corners of the world, in the wake of their master's untimely demise, 
the dragon's most loyal supporters constructed a grand tomb in the swamps west of the Copper Wood in Fainvale. There, in the dark passages of the secret vault, it is said that powerful goblin mages preserved the spirit of their cruel dragon master. In the hope that the mighty creature would someday return to at last achieve his conquest of the realm of man. I wonder what would happen if Igamrock and Anduin Noll came back at the same time. Would they fight? Would they ally? Would they ally but be really terrible at it? And end up having to fight anyway? Would they be so busy fighting each other that mankind is mostly off the hook? Would the would, would goblins go for Igonrock or Jiren not? What would happen? Hope thing is it's not gonna happen because we're going to destroy his spirit. And we're going to keep and we're gonna keep Igonrock dead. The heroes who defeated during Noll never returned from the great dragon's lair, and their fates remain a mystery to this very day. It should be noted that Durinol produced a single offspring during his long life, the dragoness Ildra. Okay. Durin's plunge. Durin's Plunge is the name given to a network of massive caves on the eastern side of Iron Crown Isle. It's said that the ancient hero Durin, a legendary archer and swordsman, plunged to his death by leaping into the gaping crevice that leaps down into the caves. Some accounts report the Durin was forced to take this fateful plunge by a band of goblins who threatened to kill his beloved, a sorceress named Uruthra. Other accounts, however, say that he dove into the crevice of his own accord, distraught over Ithora's refusal to accept his hand in marriage. Jod Walklest Captain Jodwin Walklest Jod to his friends, and only his friends, is one of the most notorious and feared individuals to be found anywhere across the breadth of the North Broadlands. As captain of a pirate fleet that preyed upon merchant vessels in the Flailgale Sea, Jod Rosglad earned a reputation for brutality and lethality that was unmatched within his outlawed profession. In recent years, however, the hardened brigand has seemingly given up his prior profession for what has been rumoured to be the lucrative trade of protecting merchant vessels on the high seas from his former pirate ilk. It is also rumoured that the feared seaman had been spared prosecution for his past crimes by helping Tyson's resident Thane, Thane Corrath, with several problems of a maritime nature. Walskest still commands a fleet of fearsome galleons that roam the northern seas, 
protecting vessels in the shipping routes for a price. Despite the fact he is no longer openly engaged in any sort of piracy, the appearance of his ship, Dragon Skinner, elicts fear and apprehension in any port it sails into. Joreth. Joreth is the dark god of enduring evil. Though some question the existence of the deity, this deity, he is worshipped by a religious order known as the Kowand. Some believe that Joreth is one of the more powerful demon lords, who directly serves the great demon Igtheon. Hmm. Well, we're not sure. Jewishmin. The alchemist warrior adventurer known as Jewishmin, perhaps best known for a collection of potions he crafted shortly before his untimely demise. The twelve lost mixtures of Jewishmin, as they have become known, are believed to provide beneficial effects to anyone lucky enough to find a both potion and bold enough to consume it. Jewish men thought to have been driven mad by the effects of an ill-conceived potion were slain before the gates of the king's citadel in Talonus after attempting to rob a royal carriage. Upon his death, it's believed that one of his cohorts took his potions along with their recipes for, creation, for their creation and hid them in various places throughout the kingdom and I think we found one of them. Back in, in Thangwidge. Now we're on to the K's. Quebec. Quebec is a plant. Quebec plant is a small thorny bush. Leaves of which have remarkable healing properties once dried. The plant is not all that common. But it can be found here and there. In the forests of northern Swift. Uh, not all that common. Why don't you just make it common? And I guess it's probably one of those plants which just doesn't domesticate. I mean, we do have that. I mean, even plants. Plants don't always do what you tell them to. Not, not quite as hard as it is with animals, because animals can, you know, run away or get themselves killed or try to kill you or some combination thereof. But there are plenty of plants we thought it would be really convenient if we could grow this whenever we want. But we can't. We just can't for reasons. Kethar. Kephar. It wasn't, it wasn't discovered to after his untimely and rather gruesome demise. The legendary feast, thief and adventurer known as Kephar had long employed powerful magic of his own creation to aid him in his illicit, sometimes heroic, exploits. While some argue Kefkar merely had a large number of enchanted items which he used to great effect, many believe he was, unknown to all, an accomplished mage possessing a high level of mastery in both conjuration and illusion. Kefkar ultimately came to a very bad end. An end which will not be described in detail here, when he attempted to infiltrate and wob the Tower of Arian in Aspir. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that would end badly. 
like cast the lawless, the lawless isle. Once part of the kingdom of Koth, Cas became an, a notorious haven for pirates and brigands. A brutal revolt led by the bold pirate Siric Will drove the last remnants of Kothian presence on the shores, and the island has been home, home for lawlessness and disorder ever since. Cast is said to be the, be the home of the infamous Market of Horns, but has long been rumoured that the less than scrupulous buy and sell slaves and other forbidden commodities. Cast is now regarded as a lawless state by all kingdoms in the North Broadlands, and as such, trade with the island state is strictly forbidden. Many of Swift's most notorious outlaws have sought refuge on the lawless isle. There have been no recent attempts by a major North Broadlands nation to take back the island from its criminal keepers, and there are few sea captains, if any, who are willing to whisk a voyage there. Alright, King Philadon of Warsaw. King Philadon will long be remembered as the Unifier. He sensed growing corruption and rebelliousness in the bowels, who he trusted to carry his word of law to the far reaches of the Kingdom of Wasile. So, with little recourse, he used his authority as king to remove the ability of his barons to impose their own laws within their own jurisdictions. Hope this would root out corruption and serve to again unify the kingdom under his banner. Sadly, his life was taken by an assassin's life only a month after he made his decree. What a coincidence! His wife, Menorah, and their son, Judras, were found slain by his side. The murder was never named. But within days, the kingdom of Warsaw was no more. Each of its five barons claimed sovereignty for the respective territories and began to build armed forces. Oh dear. This is going to be some Game of Thrones type of stuff. Lots and lots of stabbing. Norin Beck, the man who assumed, who served as this king's top advisor, was assumed, has assumed the post of the steward of Wyrsal, with a vow of support from the kingdom's three knightly orders. He is determined to govern the kingdom until a rightful heir is discovered. He has taken up residence in the king's citadel in the city of Seabaldin. King Wenwold of Tausa. This grey-bearded monarch has long been a favourite of the Tysian kingdom. He claimed the throne of Tysia upon the t- untimely death of his brother Wenfold, and has in the many years since set about writing many of the injustices that came to be under the previous reign. As popular myth have it, a young sol- soldier in the service of his father, King Neurid, during the Six Moons War, as popular myth has it, as a young soldier in the service of his father, 
King Nuraud during the Six Moons War, Wenwald hold held a legion of forest troll at bay with the flat of his axe, so the other warriors in his company could flee to safety. Historians often disagree on the exact circumstances of the encounter. Historians do not disagree, however, on the fact that Wentwold has earned both the respect and the loyalty of his subject, like no other Titian monarch in the last few hundred years. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of a relief, isn't it, to just have decent authority figures in place. I mean, it's, it's so, so much modern fantasy. Everyone in authority is terrible. And anyone who's likely to take authority can only do it because they're even more terrible. Yeah, because sometimes you just need a decent authority just so you can have, so you can so there's a good that you can fight for. Yeah. Kingdom of Koth almost totally surrounded by rugged mountains, bordered on the north by the Sundred Sea. The Kingdom of Koth has seen both peace and prosperity for many years. Over the past last several centuries, Koth has slowly removed itself from the affairs from the affairs concerning the west of Swift and has strengthened its borders against what many Kofians regard as a generally lawless and corrupt state of the world. The oars of the mountains have made the kingdom of Koth tremendously wealthy and thus quite powerful. Though its current isolationist stance has lessened its influence in affairs outside its own, justice in Koth is swift and fair, though punishment is often harsh. Sentences of death are doled out quite frequently when warranted. Kofians uh, learn from a young age that respect for law and order are the cornerstones of living a good life. Kof's two major cities are Ilbulid and Sidim. Alright, it looks like this one isn't isn't in the alphabetical list. Ilbulid so that's why we haven't got to it yet, even though it's an I. Ubalad is often called the Guardian City, because passing through it offers the only reasonable entrance to the Kingdom of Koth. Much of the standing Corinthian army is stationed in this city, deterring any would-be attackers from attempting to gain entrance into the heart of the mountainous kingdom. As... Further, as further deterrence, the city is protected by a series of two massive outer walls, each manned by enough soldiers and equipped with enough grisly devices of war. To many can attack by all but the largest and most determined force seem implausible. The great Sir spellcaster Badwagan hails from Ibrad originally, Though he has since disappeared while on a journey into Brem's Deep. And here's another one that wasn't on the list. Sindim, the mountain fortress. Sindim is the capital city of Koth. And it resides halfway up the north face of towering Mount Igabal. 
Ibigord. There is a main road that runs from this mountain city down into the great Corfian Vale. Rumours that long existed there was a vast network of secret tunnels within the mountain that lead to other Corfian mountains. I believe these tunnels offer a means of escape and the means to move about furtively when necessary. The King of Koth has his citadel here, and its Grand Tower of Stars is the highest point within the city. Next up is Kingdom of Tysa, where we spent most of our time. Tysa is one of the oldest and most powerful of the North Broadlands nations. Almost completely surrounded by towering mountains of three of its sides, and bordered by the Sundrant Sea on, on the north, the people of Tysa have long enjoyed great prosperity. Although the King of Tysa, currently King Renwald, has supreme authority over all, any and all affairs of states, he grants local authority to five fanes. These localised officials govern with authority under the crown, as has been granted them by the king. They govern five fandoms, each of near equal proportions. Tysa has maintained good relations with each of its neighbours, but nevertheless maintains the largest standing army of any North Broadlands nation. The bulk of the Tysian army can be found in the city of Graudoc in eastern Tysa. Tysa has long been known as the Kingdom of the Gwythen. The large and now thought to be extinct beasts played a major role in the nation's early history. Kind of want to curious what that role was. Just major? Uh, did was it was the Gwythen the villain, a hero? Presumably a hero. Because the king. Mm, who knows? Who knows? Well, probably the GM knows, but he's, he hasn't said. Kinjorak, a demon lord hailing from the un- an unknown realm deep in the black reaches of the Nevelus, Kinjorak waged a long and bloody war against the greater demons that had created him. Human-sized Kinjorak, though strength, the legends say, was equal to two mountain giants t- Forged a weapon designed to slay his demon overlords, the very beings that brought him into existence. The weapon became the Sword of Blessed Light, a fearsome longsword that ended the life of hundreds of demons. In Kildurot's quest to destroy the wickedness of his masters, Kindurak was ultimately slain by Jorweth. Though there are some accounts that claim Ichthion himself killed the Wenegade demon. Upon his death, Kildurak's spirit is said to have escaped into the Nevelus, taking with it the Sword of Blessed Night. It's believed that Kildurak's spirit hid the weapon somewhere in the world of Swift, hoping to someday return and reclaim it. Kildra. The subject of several well-known legends, the sorceress known only as Kildra, 
was a powerful mage famous for crafting a trio of magical wings, which she purportedly used to aid in her study of the arcane. It's long been suspected that Kildra's scholarly examination of various facets of Arcania was a ruse designed to hide her true ambition. That of a necromancer consumed with defeating the looming prospect of her own demise. Beset from childhood with a wide assortment of serious afflictions, Kildra sought to extend her life with the study and use of magic. Some believe the young spellcaster dangerously pursued various secrets within the realm of necromancy and became ensnared by a malevolent entity that insidiously took control of her. Despite the dark rumours that had swirled about her for most of her life, Kildra attracted a large and devoted following of aspiring mages. She formed her own small but loyal order of spellcasters, which often found itself at odds with the Grey Circle. When she died, a victim of mysterious disease, at 25 years of age, her followers constructed a hidden tomb in which to inter her body. To this day, nearly 400 years after her death, her crypt has yet to be discovered. It is thought that Kildra's three magical wings were buried with her in her hidden tomb. Some of the darker legends concerning Kildra indicate that when she died, several of her most trusted followers were murdered and interred with her so they would be able to serve her after death, suggesting the sorceress had possibly achieved the ability to return from the grave. The insignia of the Order of Mages killed, founded by Kildra is a coiled serpent. Okay. Korotol. Once a highly regarded mage within the Grey Circle. The sorceress known as Korotil now resides in exile in the misty depths of, of, of Fogborough Forest. Well, that's where she's supposed to be, but she seems to move around a lot. With an army of Oteruk before her, the treacherous sorceress attempts to overthrow the Grey Mage and take control of the magical brotherhood to which she had sworn her allegiance. The coup was quickly put down to defeat, and Koratel fled to Fogborough with the remnants of Oteruk. A powerful death curse was subsequently placed upon her by the Grey Mage. A curse that would be fulfilled should Kuratel ever step past the borders of Fogba. The thing is, she's done that. She's done that a lot. And she hasn't died. Someone is lying. That, or she found her way around it. But finding your way around a curse by the Grey Mage herself? I don't think she could do that. I think the curse didn't actually happen, or maybe it was removed later. Yes, well, well, with all this business, there's a lot of lies. Kortel is a master of several magical disciplines, and the creator of the Oatrock. 
is believed that refusal by the Grey Mage to allow the Grey Circle to adopt and employ a granding standing army Votrog is what led to her to stage the coup that ended in Coratel's flight and exile. Although it seems it's a lot more complicated than that. Kuragari. Kuragari are a semi-mythical race of ratmen who've long been thought to dwell in a secret subterranean lair beneath the city of Twithic. As popular folklore has it, these ratmen roam the streets of Twithic and the woodlands that surround it under the cover of the night, plying their stealthy but vicious band of villainy, which most often includes thievery and murder. Most disturbing of all is the popular belief that Kongari are able to assume human form almost at will, and thus blend in with the world of man to suit their own devious ends. It has also been said that when killed, a Kogai will often, often assume its human guise, thus concealing its true nature even in death. Sightings of Kogari, roaming in large bands after nightfall, have been on the rise in and around the city of Pakwur. Many of the sightings witnesses claim the Watmen have made no effort to conceal their true form. And, and we we did and we dealt with that we dealt with that problem. well maybe not entirely but we've certainly put it back a lot kill kill a draw kill a draw is the name now long associated with the set of five enchanted garments originally discovered in possession of a dying adventurer Adventurer, a young woman found near the ancient ruins of a tower in a bog near near Mugsborough, severely burned, and with a white lower lower missing, muttered Quilador just before succumbing to death. It is believed that the stones, which some claim bear malevolent enchantments, bestow their magic only upon a being they deem worthy. An obscure part of the legend surrounding the stones of Quiridor says that anyone who willingly bequeaths the garments to another will have a great tragedy before them. Oh dear. Alright, Kronok. The foul-tempered Kronok is a beast that almost defies description. This ogre-sized terror, its thick hide covered with bristly black hair, Moves about on four legs most of the time, though it is capable of walking upright. Its large mouth is full of long, sharp fangs, and it has a long, barbed tail that it uses to stun its prey before tearing it open with its deadly claws. The Kunrok's face resembles that of a bear. Few have lived to tell of an encounter with one of these menaces. Kuthro Wise the steep, jagged hill known as Kirthul Wise was once home to magnificent Long Light Library. The library contained a vast collection of holy and arcane texts and was maintained by a brotherhood of monks. 
Over the centuries, the area became increasingly dangerous and the library long ago fell into ruin. Now abandoned, it serves as a stark reminder of a less perilous age. Kurgor, prominently featured in several of the tales following involving the famed warrior and immortal famed warrior and adventurer known as Dreadmask, Kurgor, a quasi immortal ogre, is believed by by many who studied the legends to be somehow related to Woundskin. There are those who believe that Kurgor actually is Woundskin, or at least an earlier incarnation of the infamous immortal ogre. Most scholars of the Dreadmask legend dis- dismiss this theory. Corund. The Corund is the name given to a secretive religious order whose members have dedicated their life to worshipping and serving the dark god Jorf. For it is believed the number of Corund has dwindled precipitously. Over the many centuries the Order has been in existence, members of the sinister group can be found in all corners of the known world, across almost every walk of life. While the official ceremonial garb of the Corrin consists of consists of black hooded robes, or at the very least, entirely black attire, members of the Dark Order strive to blend into the world around them assuming normal professions and wearing ordinary clothing. Many believe that the ultimate goal of the current is to find a way to allow Jorlef and his servants to enter the world. It isn't known whether current wield a special dark magic granted to them due to their strong association with Jorlef with meanings or of the spellcasters among the order simply make use of more traditional magical disciplines. The Corund have long been associated with crime throughout Swift. Tales of roving bands of Corund robbing and murdering are not entirely uncommon, particularly in more remote corners of the world. Over the centuries, several prominent personages have been rumoured to have been allied with the Corund with a few of those believed to have actually been members of the Dark Order. Oh dear. Kalul Thanar, the broken, shadowy Neville realm of Kalul Thanar, has long been the proving grounds for the disciples of Palk. Once home to the great warrior spirit, the world has long since fallen into decay following the departure of his master and is now home to a nightmarish legion of foul creatures from the vast depths of the Neverness. It's not known why Palk abandoned the world he created and long protected and indeed only a small number of the great warrior spirit's loyal subjects remain in the shadowy Neverall realm. These subjects, known as the Fenorians, are a race of grey-skinned humans who faithfully served Palk under during his reign over Canal Fenor. Unable to leave the realm to which they're bound, the Fenorians, those jet-black eyes, bear no pupils. 
are engaged in a constant battle for survival against the Mr. Legions of Evil that stalk the former realm of their master. The town of Shadow Edge, at the centre of Canorthanor, is the last remaining Thalorian outpost in the realm. Protected by the magic of three ancient standing stones at its perimeter, the town survives against the unrelenting and merciless tide of evil that seeks its destruction. And that's a good place to stop. Next time, we'll be moving on to the elves, starting with Lake Ebrek. And until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.